0: Let's get together with you this morning. Hopefully a little warmer than I anticipated it being. I am double layered this morning. Actually, fit well, in some places. Um, or more so. I mentioned a couple weeks ago that I made a promise to myself that I would sit under a large maple tree in my backyard when collecting my thoughts during this sermon series. And I'd like to kind of normalize a little bit what listening to the Spirit can look like, so allow me to paint a bit of a picture of what this means for me when I sit and do this. In the morning I go out and I put my blanket, actually that one, um, next to the Ecuadorian hammock in the backyard under that large maple tree that sits near my garden. I fill the bird feeder that sits next to that tree as an invitation for uh, for the birds to join me in this listening that's before me. I turn on some indigenous music and partake of some deeply satisfying fair trade Guatemalan coffee, the same that we usually drink here on Sunday mornings when the coffee maker is not, like, spewing things all over the place. Sorry about that. And as the wind blows around me and under the care of this big tree, I am joined, of course, by my dog. She's my dog, we all know that. But also by the downy woodpecker, and the chickadee, and the brilliant cardinal, and of course, among the multitude of house finches and sparrows that are just everywhere, and those squawking jays that like to fly overhead. And I pause to take in their company, just as I do marveling at the ladybug that crawls across my lap and eventually takes flight. While I admit that this is not the most comfortable space on my aging body, I know I'm not that old, but it still feels that way. The discomfort ends up heightening my senses and I find it a much more inspiring space, much more inspiring than the manufactured confines of any office I've ever worked from. Needless to say, I have found this space to be my favorite office and one that affirms why my heart sings when I spend time outside. Because here, in this space, I sense that there is very little that separates us. I recognize that God is near. And in many ways, creation has become my teacher, gifting me with a different way of knowing this truth. I've been spending a lot of time outside over the last few months, especially as I've not been able to run. I've taken quite a bit of walking, a lot of walking, and there's something deeply grounded to moving about my neighborhood and the natural landscape around me. The stars and the moon when I'm out in the morning, trees and grasses, water and butterflies, crickets, earthworms, of course lots of squirrels and bunnies, and... The curious sound of the ducks on the lake that sounds like they're laughing at 6 a.m. The strangest thing. On these walks, though, however, I turn around a corner on the other side of the block. And every time I do, there is a massive oak tree that greets me. And with every returning during those walks, I sense something profound. It is a welcome, and it feels like a caring embrace as the limbs seem to enfold me as I pass by, it has become a place of prayer for me, or a place at least of connection with God in very, very profound ways, in many different ways. There's something humbling about being in what feels like this nurturing or mothering presence, this wisdom of this great tree, with each returning. This entire sermon series hinges on the truth that each one of us as human beings have come from the Adama, from the dust or the land, and to the Adama we will return. And this has taken on a whole new meaning for me as I return to the land and to this big tree with each returning on nearly a daily basis. Before we jump into our text this morning, I would like you to join me in prayer as we sit under history. I actually don't know what time it is. God, this morning as we read part of the story that is ever unfolding, would you help us to be attentive to the ways in which you are forming us through Jesus' words, May we pay attention to your spirit moving here and now as we sit under the care of these trees. In the name of Christ, be praised. Amen. Today, we're going to step into the New Testament portion of this series. As we have considered the land from which we have come into the land, we return. It's really about finding our place in the story of god our text for today is actually just one line it's matthew 5 5. Um, it is part of of course what is known as the beatitudes or the makarios the blessings right these are statements though i want to be clear of grace and not law they describe a state of existence in relationship with god even when we don't feel happy or we aren't experiencing what we might consider as good fortune verse 5 says blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth as a part of a longer teaching this short phrase captures what jesus teaches about the land and as we consider how this blessing is drawing us into connection not only with the land but connection to God, I want to first unpack a bit of the biblical Greek. And then we're going to reread the text in its entirety from um, a decolonized perspective, if you will. Okay? So first, just this one little line: Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. The word here for meek in the Greek is prause, which means mildness of disposition, or a gentleness in spirit. In its most simplest terms, it implies wholly relying on God rather than on our own strength. It is what stems from a form of trust, right? It is a humility. This humble disposition then stands in contrast to what we might consider um, being proud or powerful or important meekness is a trust that god will sustain and deliver us this is a theme that runs throughout the biblical narrative from the old testament like in isaiah 41 17 which says this when the poor and the needy seek water and there is none and their tongue is parched with thirst i the lord will answer them i the god of israel will not forsake them and like in isaiah 43 that dave spoke of last week I am about to do a new thing now it springs forth do you not perceive it I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert This is a thread that continues on into the New Testament as Jesus teaches in the parables like in Luke chapter 15 when he says for all who exalt themselves will be humbled but all who humble themselves will be exalted meekness this is the work or as Galatians 5 calls it, the fruit of the spirit, not of human will. And it's a continuation of that theme of trust, that God is doing a new thing. That God is in the business of resurrection out of the places of death, as Dave spoke to last week. And while not transactional, because I don't believe that's who God is, the meek experience something new, something life-giving. They inherit the earth. The Greek word here for inherit is paronomeo, and it means to receive or partake of, as heirs do. And the word for earth here is gay, which means the ground as a whole, or it could be translated earth, okay, or world. So, having sat in some indigenous ways of relating to creation i might actually translate this bit of the phrase as they will be intertwined brought into a familial belonging and its associated gifts with the whole earth i want to read for us though from first nations version this is a version i just recently picked up about a month ago and i want to encourage you just to listen i'm going to read the entire section of the Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verses 1 through 12. Um, And I just want you to listen, okay? Pay attention to what the Spirit stirs in you, okay? Maybe consider how you are being discipled or formed by Jesus' teaching. I do want to make note that in this lovely version, all the names are different, okay? So I'm going to actually read them. They're in parentheses here in the text. Uh, But just for your awareness, God is referred to as Creator. Jesus is referred to as Creator sets free. And Christ is referred to as the Chosen One. Okay. So go ahead and listen. When Creator sets free, Jesus, saw this great crowd. He went back up into the mountainside and sat down to teach the people. His followers came to him there. So he took a deep breath opened his mouth and began to share his wisdom with them and teach them how to see creator's good road creator's blessing rests on the poor and the ones with broken spirits the good road from above is theirs to walk creator's blessing rests on the ones who walk a trail of tears for he will wipe the tears from their eyes and comfort them. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who walk softly and in a humble manner. The earth, land and sky will become them or welcome them and always be their home. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who hunger and thirst for wrongs to be made right again. They will eat and drink until they are full. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who are merciful and kind to others. Their kindness will find its way back to them, full circle. Creator's blessing rests on the pure of heart. They are the ones who will see the great spirit. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who make peace. It will be said of them, they are the children of the great spirit. Creator's blessing rests on the ones who are hunted down and mistreated for doing what is right, for they are walking the good road from above. Others will lie about you, speak against you, and look down on you with scorn and contempt, all because you walk the road with me. This is a sign that Creator's blessing is resting on you. So let your hearts be glad and jump for joy, for you will be honored in the spirit world above You are like the prophets of old who were treated in the same way by your ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. So, Jesus, creator sets free, is pointing to the reign of Christ, the chosen one, on earth, while simultaneously declaring that even now the people have entered into this. Spiritual inheritance. The nature of this inheritance is described for us in Ephesians 1:18, which says, "So that with the eyes of your heart enlightened, you may know what is the hope to which he has called you, what are the riches of his glorious inheritance among the saints." Yes, Creator's blessing rests on the ones who walk softly and in a humble manner. The earth. The land and sky will welcome them and always be their home. This is inheritance. It is a gift, and a gift that we experience. In Braiding Sweetgrass, Kimmerer says, the earth, that first among good mothers, gives us the gift that we cannot provide ourselves. And isn't that what inheritance? This is what I experience in the presence of that big oak tree in my neighborhood. The gift of God sustaining and delivering me, giving me a gift that I cannot give myself, an inheritance. We participate with the saints, with all beings of creation in the ecology of life. The inheritance of the saints is belonging in this already but not yet kingdom or household of God. I find it quite fascinating that the word ecology is derived from the Greek word oikos, meaning house. It is the same root word used in the book of Ephesians that we covered back in the summer, right? In this section that describes that we are no longer near-dwellers, but partakers of the household of God. And when we say yes, to belonging to this household and to one another, we care for one another. We walk softly and in a humble manner. And the earth gives us the gifts that we cannot give to ourselves. This is really about a relationship of reciprocity, right? And it has lots of implications, clearly those of eco justice or creation care. So we take our place in the created order, as those who have older siblings, not as those who get to stand in dominion over. And with meekness, we find our place in the story of God, within creation that is welcoming us and is our home, where we discover the love of Christ, the chosen one, so we might embody that love in the world as we walk the good road. That we might experience healing and wholeness as those brought into the household of God in the ecology of life. The good news is that yes, God is near and little separates us from the divine embrace as we return to God. I wanna leave us with this prayer from Ephesians chapter 3, verses 14 through 21. This is Anna's cue to leave and get Brittany um, and the kids. This, again, is from First Nations Version, and I think um, it begins to take on a different meaning, a more full meaning and deepening connection to God as we return to the Ottawa and find our place in the household of God all that spans creation. This is a section of prayer that will sound familiar because we covered it over the summer. And I wanna leave it with us today. This is the reason I bow down on my knees and humble myself before the Father above, from whom all families, clans, and tribes in this world and in the spirit world above are named. My prayer for you is that from the great treasures of his beauty, creator will gift you with the spirit's mighty power and strengthen you in your inner being. In this way, the chosen one will make his home in your heart. I pray that as you trust in him, your roots will go deep into the soil of his great love. And from these roots, you will draw the strength and courage needed to walk this sacred path together with all his holy people. This path of love is higher than the stars, deeper than the great waters, wider than the sky. Yes, this love comes from and reaches to all directions. I pray that you would feel how deep the chosen, the chosen one's great love is. It is a love that goes beyond our small and weak ways of thinking. This love fills us with the great spirit and one who fills all things. I am praying to the maker of life, who by his great power working in us can do far more than we ask for, far more than our small minds can imagine. May his sacred family and the chosen one bring honor to him across all generations to the time beyond the end of all days. Amen. May it be so.